Hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> this is Sarah Westcott. And this is Katie Willie. And this is To Be Read. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them. You know, I have a question. Can you breathe? Yes, I can breathe. Okay. But I do have a question. Do cocktails go with books? <laughs> they do when you... I like... I always enjoy having a glass of wine when I'm reading. That's not a cocktail, though. Like, I mean, if I had more motivation, yeah. it would be a cocktail. Yeah, no. I usually I just, don't I love unless we're we talking about the cocktails it. that go with them. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when you have motivation to make a cocktail. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not typically motivation to make cocktails, but um, uh, for the podcast, absolutely. Right, That's exactly. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. We just yeah. took, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes trying to get ready. <laughs> Fucking had to run downstairs like 47 times. I don't know. 47, my exaggeration number. Close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minus 44. <laughs> We've had that discussion before, yep. too. Um, how you doing, Katie? I'm okay. How are you? Well, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> feeling, feeling a little more solid. Oh man, a little less yeah. food poisoning. Yeah, I had a bout of food poisoning. Um, we were supposed to record two days ago, and I texted you like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to drink tonight. Yeah. And I was like, well, we can postpone. Yeah, yeah. So it turns out, and you know what? I didn't even think food poisoning until you told me. It sounded like food poisoning. And then I started Googling. I'm like, food poisoning. And lo and behold, all of my symptoms, food poisoning symptoms. I'm like, oh, the stomach cramping was like the one thing that I was like, I was like, okay, maybe I'm just PMSing. Got my period today. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) So that was part of it. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I I hope to never have it again. Have you ever had food poisoning? Not that I really can say. I definitely had it. We definitely had a stomach bug that went through our house. It was like 24 hours. Yeah. It it literally went from one person to the next. And, but that was before Eric, I think. I just was like painful. I wonder if that's worse, honestly, because I hate vomiting. I hate puking more than I hate anything else. And I did not puke with this. No. It was all coming out the other end. <laughs> so I like I I am not a fan of puking. Obviously, I'm not a fan of being sick. I hate when your sick is coming out both ends because yeah. it's like every time you need to throw up, you're like, oh my god, yeah. I know what was just in here. Yes, exactly. But- yeah. Well, it, it was hard too because like um I didn't I didn't really realize how bad it was until um I went I came home on so I ate. I ate the thing on Monday, Monday for lunch. And then I went out and and did true crime trivia on Monday night. How did you do? We failed miserably. We were dead last. Do you Um, remember any questions? Yeah. Yeah. I remember a lot of them. Like, you know, there was a Golden State Killer question. There was a, um, the dating game killer question, you know, like. Were you getting some right? We had a lot right. We got a lot right. It was just some people know way too much about serial killers and fucking true crime. It was absurd. Uh, Like some, I think the winner had over 300 points. I can't mentally catalog that much stuff. No. I got no, other stuff going it's on. It's too much. And it's just, like, insane. Like, I love true crime stuff, but I'm not that obsessed with it where I know every single fucking thing about it. All the details it. about like, every detail yeah. about every murder ever committed. It's fucking weird, yeah. you know? Um, like, I've never watched Cold Case or, or the other yes, one that the girls yeah. are always talking about. Forensic Files. Yeah, and that. Stuff. I don't really watch those. Okay, so here's one, one, one question. Here's a question I'll give you. What city was JonBenet Ramsey born in? Uh, she died in Boulder. Correct. She died in Boulder. <laughs> little, so no, that's little that's what we said because I just figured that that's where yeah. she was born. No, Atlanta. She was born in Atlanta. Really? Had no idea. No idea. Hmm. Anyway. Nope. Yeah. 
the next morning I woke up and I just fell off. I was like, okay, something's not right. Something's weird, you know? And I was, that's what I said. But what did you have for dinner? Nothing. nothing. Beer. I had beer for dinner. (laughs) I had beer for dinner, yes. Um, And so I went home half day on Tuesday and worked the rest of the day from home. As soon as I walk in the door, I'm like feverish. I'm like chills, you know, whatever. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm thinking I have COVID again because every time I get sick, I think I have COVID now because I have COVID all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and you know, so I had, you know, the fevers, the chills, whatever. Um, I spent the night in bed and going from the bed to the bathroom, like every hour Mm -hmm. or whatever. It sucked. It sucked. I hated it. I don't want to do it again. You stayed home yesterday? I stayed home yesterday. I mean, Wednesday is my work from home oh, day right, anyway. Right, right. So it wasn't, I were, I just worked deal, from yeah. home. Um, I was able to eat like a little bit of toast yesterday and stuff, but I haven't had anything substantial other, until I just came home and shoved a peanut butter and jelly in my mouth. So that's it. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Super fun. Never want to do that again. I'm sure it'll, <sighs> I'm sure, you know, like sickness sucks. But it comes around, and that's what happens. Yep. People get sick, unfortunately. Germs are in that's the world. What it is. Yeah. Um. So just real quick before we go anywhere, because we have a, sh- a shared acquaintance. I'm going to say acquaintance and not a friend. Um. Coach Hershoff is mm-hmm. Adam's coach in school. Yep. And he was nominated. We just got home a letter. He was nominated for, like, the Excellence in Physical Education and Leadership Oh, wow. That's awesome. He said um, there's only six kids in his school, and it's, like, a capital region thing, and he's got a ceremony at Hudson Valley. And, like, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, that's Like, there's a whole letter about it. So I thought that was I thought that was cool. And that's I felt like sharing that with that's you. very neat. We've known we've known. What's funny is I don't know if you know this, Matt Hershoff, um, Mr. Hershoff or Coach Hershoff, yeah. whatever. He went to my high school. He graduated I from my high school. I don't think I knew that. You knew him from your neighborhood, right? The I old, knew him. Yes. Hood? So I didn't know him until we moved to our former most house, recent, yeah. yeah, our former house. Um, so I, you know, I've known him personally for twelve years. About, but um. Uh, yeah, I, I found out that he went to my high school. He just graduated 10 years before me. So never would have known him yeah, in school yeah. or whatever. But um, I just thought that was kind of silly That's weird because it's not like a giant school that you went to that's right here. No, exactly. It's a very small school and not, you know. Not it, right here. <laughs> no. It is one of those things where maybe he was just thought the same thing as me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go that far out. Let's go a little yeah, further, but yeah. still find a rural area, yep. you know. So whatever. But that's cool. Good for yeah, him. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'll have to reach out to him. I don't. I feel like we have maybe a lot to talk about with this one, and I want to get this to this drink. Should we just go like right to the prologue or what? Or I you think have so, yeah. Else? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. The prologue. Um, so I have not read another book. I thought I was going to fly through this and I was going to start reading a whole bunch of other books, and then um, Easter and Adam's birthday and a lot of other stuff happened. Yeah. Um, so we, I am now reading Carrie Soto is back. I saw that today and I was like, Ooh, I am almost done with it. I'm flying through it. Do you love it? it I really do. It's all about tennis. And I didn't know I fucking give a shit about tennis. Did you read Malibu rising? Because she, she shows up in Malibu rising. That's how we know her. already. Uh, Okay. So I had a thought while I was reading it that the first one I read was seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And that was kind of like fifties ish. Yeah. And then Daisy Jones was, kind of like 60s 70s ish and then i was thinking maybe malibu rising is like 70s to 80s ish and then this one has been like 80s to 90s ish and i freaking love it and i just like all of a sudden i had this flashbulb thought i was like oh my god so i'm almost done with it i'm not going to tell you really anything about it but there was a quote that i literally read while i was eating dinner before i came over and i had to write it down because i knew you would have 
if it was a book that we were reading together, we would absolutely talk about it. And the quote is, we live in a world where exceptional women have to sit around waiting for mediocre men. True that. And I was like, <laughs> I need to write that down. I, I really need to write that, that down. I love that. Well, since you brought up books, I might as well freaking... I mean, this is our book podcast. Yeah, seriously. I might as well go to ones that I've read and I just freaking... I What I've been reading. Um, I recently finished the book Hench by Natalie, uh, Natalie Zina Walshkotz. I'm sorry. That was... I butchered that name. Um, that was really fun. It was like about uh, a woman... Like they live in a superhero world and she is like... Uh, henchman for a villain. Okay, it, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. Well, personally, I think it went on a little bit too long. Um, kind of like the book you're reading now. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So now I am reading uh, the Ink Black Heart, which I'm actually enjoying. Mm-hmm. There is a story in there, but it is unnecessarily long. We've had this discussion yep. before. It is too fucking long. There's no reason why a detective book needs to be a thousand pages. Yep. It, it's absurd. It is. It is too long by tw- by two yeah so I, I don't it i don't it's it's crazy but i i am enjoying it it's just frustrating to me that it's like i feel like i know who the killer is at this point but i must be wrong because there's fucking 700 pages left of this book <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i don't know um i did finish that book called anatomy uh, by Dana Schwartz, and I had told you in the beginning of the last one that I wasn't certain how I felt about it and whether or not, it, like, whatever. I actually finished it and really, really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, and there's a second one. I already put that on my, like, let's go. I'm reading this book. Um, and I think that is the gist of it for all the things that I've read currently. Oh, I, di- I also in the middle of reading The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Okay. You know who Shirley Jackson is, right? Yeah. Wrote the the lottery. Yeah. You read that that short story as a yeah. kid, right? Um and terrible. But oh like god. super premise for Hunger Games. But, oh my god. I yeah. freaking loved that short story. Yeah. I actually re- recently reread it because it was just like in my head. I'm like, I want to reread that story. Yeah. And I recently reread it and it still is very fucking like <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Um but The Haunting of Hill House, it's super short. I'm already like halfway through it. And I just kind of read it on my like lunch break at work okay. and stuff. And um, it's pretty like, I wouldn't say like scary, scary yet, but it's like right there. Yeah, it's getting like it's tense. It's tense. So I honestly think if you ever, you know, have time mm-hmm. or whatever, want to pick it up, pick it up because okay. it's an, a quick, easy read, I think. Nice. So I'll let you know how it is okay. when I actually finish it. Yep. But OK, now let's do the prologue. prologue. How about that? <laughs> Um, all right, Katie. So we read The Maid by Nita Prose. Which I said, oh, Nita Prose. At the end I of do. Last I episode, remember that. And, and I, I picked up the book and I went, well, I gave her an extra letter. Well, you know what? I don't think it even really picked up on the, on the, I feel like. Just kidding. I didn't actually say that at all. Even on the pod, well, on the podcast, it yeah. just when I, I was like, okay, I know she said Anita, but kind of like, it just sounds the same. Like, oh, it's by uh, Anita Prose. By Anita Prose. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, okay. So let me just do my stuff really quick. This book was published on January 4th, 2022. I actually didn't realize that it was um, that new, that new, mm-hmm. n- that new or even that old. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Does that make any <laughs> sense? I can't. No, fucking my doesn't. brain doesn't work really. Um, this is this author's Nita Prose's debut novel. Um, she calls it hopeful, hope, a hopeful, heartwarming murder mystery, yep. which I thought that that was kind of fun. 
so how she got the idea for this, which you could pr- probably kind of figure it out. She was on a business trip. Um, I actually, I actually literally watched a GMA sequence with her on it. And okay. she told this story. She was on a business trip and she went into her hotel room and she startled the maid. Is this in the back of your, was it in the back of your book? I don't know if it was. Okay. I don't remember it, seeing it. I'm, it wasn't mine, but keep going. But she, so she startled the maid and the maid kind of like scurried away into the, the, the dark, like a dark corner scurried or something. Away. Yeah. She, I guess <laughs> she kind of like scared her or whatever. And she, she jumped away, but then she just got the idea. Like, you know, um, these people know so much about us because they see us, everything that we're doing in these rooms. They know so much about us, but we don't know anything about them. So she got, you know, kind of interested in that. She called it, you know, like it's kind of like an invisible person or whatever. Um, And as you know, if you've read this book, you clearly can tell that the uh, main character is on the autism spectrum. She is? Oh, for for that thousand percent. God. (laughs) What the fuck, Katie? Anyway, the reason why she wrote her as that is that she had also like she had also worked with um, special needs students. Um, Then lastly, there is going to be a movie on this or a series. I'm not sure which. And Florence Pugh is going to be Molly. And I love that. I knew you wouldn't fucking know. Yeah, I didn't think you were to be too. I don't even know if I could tell you something that she is in. Okay. Um. She's been in a, she's been in a few things. She's in a lot of Mar- Marvel stuff okay. now. She's plays Scarlet um Scarlett Johansson's younger sister in the Marvel movies. Um And who's Scarlett Johansson play? Black Widow. Okay. So and she's the new Black Widow cuz Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. those are mine. So why don't you give us the reader rundown? All right. <laughs> Molly Gray is not like everyone else. She struggles with social skills and often misreads people's intentions. Almost like she's on the autism spectrum. Shut the fuck up. But no matter, she still throws herself with gusto into her work as a hotel maid at the five-star Regency Grand. Her obsessive love of cleaning and proper etiquette makes her an ideal fit for the job. She delights in donning her crisp uniform each morning, stocking her cart with miniature soaps and returning guest rooms to a state of perfection. But Molly's orderly life is upended the day she enters the suite of the infamous and wealthy Charles Black, only to find Mr. Black dead, very dead, in his bed. Perplexed by Molly's unusual behavior, the police immediately suspect her of murder. She's soon caught in a web of deception with no idea how to untangle herself. Fortunately for Molly, friends she never knew she had join her in the search for clues about what really happened to Mr. Black. But will they be able to find the real killer before it's too late? Mm. Um, all right. All right. Uh, cocktail time. Yes. We've been sitting here staring at these for a while so, because of all the shit we do. <laughs> this drink um, is very similar to our last drink, which has um, both vodka and elderflower liqueur. Totally and different color, though. Completely different color. It is, because that one, I think, was apple juice. Yes. Yeah. So this is a was a blackberry puree, also known as muddled blackberry with lime juice and sugar. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's in it. And the reason I picked it is because it's called the Amelia. Not the Molly. No. So the Molly was the cocktail that I found that had a bunch of sour apple stuff. Because yeah. there actually is a Molly cocktail. And I'm not a sour apple kind of person. Um, The first note I wrote down was she very much reminds me of Amelia Bedelia. Oh, my God. That's so, so funny. I okay. Googled Amelia before I even Googled Molly. Yeah. And I found this and I was like, well, I already have all that shit. And I wanted to surprise you with the fact that I really liked it. So let's. Oh, that's so that. funny. Cheers. This looks actually, like, delicious. I can't wait. Hang on. I just got a bunch of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bunch of blackberry. Yeah. That's good. That is good. 
That's that is that's good. Strongly good. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm terrified of how alcohol is gonna sit mm-hmm. in my stomach. But um, well, if I you can't need to not go running out the, of the closet, yeah. come to this side before you open the door. Otherwise, you <laughs> will be trapped. Is that a whole lot of blackberry or <laughs> blackberry? <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> And we're drunk already. My brain is broken. Okay. Um. So you ready? I'm ready. Story, story. time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Story time. The story. I don't know. Oh, why. That was I don't great. Know why the fuck I just sang it? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. What did we forget? Something, Tony. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Tony, but we do have... We, we have do, your email. We have ah, an email shit. from Tony, so we can read it. We can read well, that. Well, we were going to do a uh, guest spot, and that's not happening. So <laughs> we got good. an email uh, from our favorite listener, Tony, who, as opposed to, you know, all those other listeners that we love and adore. Uh, Tony's the one who talks to us the most. Yeah. <laughs> and the subject of it is, spoiler alert for Katie, because the subjects are part of my favorite parts of his emails. Um, good morning to be read, to be read friends. Stop. If you haven't finished the maid yet, I don't wish to ruin it for you. I'm guessing Sarah finished the maid by now, but maybe Katie hasn't given the standard deviation of days since the last podcast episode aired and the time you have both conceded that you have read past books. I gave this assumption an R value of 0.07. Little math joke for Katie. He was fucking spot on. Cause I had not even started it yet. <laughs> oh no, I'm not surprised. Um, I likely would not have read this if not for your podcast, so thank you for expanding my reading palette. Scott's wife says thank you for adding the punishings to your to be read pile as well, so he is friends with the, the wife the of the father. author. Yes. Or the husband, the of, husband the of the author. The husband of the author, yeah. Food for thought on the maid. So uh, he's got a couple questions in here and a couple comments, and I feel like we'll just drop them in as yeah, we're we talking drop them about in as it. We're going. Yep. Yeah, yeah, works for me. Um, Katie, like obviously we always start this by asking what each other how how you felt about the book. So let's let's I'll go s- ahead. I'm gonna say, Sarah, how did you like the book? So I flew through this book, like mm-hmm. flew through this book. Mm-hmm. I, I love like the length of it is fucking perfect. The J.K. Chapters. Rowling takes some fucking notes about how to write a detective <laughs> novel and like whatever. Um, but uh, the chapters were very quick and easy mm-hmm. to read. Um, the main character usually ended on a cliffhanger. Yes, yes, which was, which was always great. Yeah. Um, the main character is quirky and fun as hell and, like, hilarious. You know, clearly she's not trying to be hilarious, but us as a reader is looking at the, from the, you know, from the outside looking in, and she's super funny. Like, she is, she is very funny. Um, and she it makes, takes, God. Well, I was gonna say it makes me sad because, you know, knowing that she is on the, on the spectrum, she's probably got, like, a form of Asperger's. Um, knowing that, like, each time she sees somebody laughing, she's not sure if they're laughing at her or laughing or with, with her. her. Yeah. So, it, you know, it kind of makes me a little, like, weary of saying how funny she is. But she is. Like, she's very sweetly funny. She's a lovable character. She's a very lovable character. There were definitely points when I was like, could she have killed him? Like, could she possibly be the killer? There was definitely... I I also love this book. I flew through it, um... I, it, like I said, it reminded me of Amelia Bedelia. I fucking loved Amelia Bedelia yeah, growing up. When yeah. both of my kids got to the point in time where they're like, what's this? And I was like, this is Amelia Bedelia. And they're like, what is she doing? I'm like, they said, draw the curtains. So she's <laughs> drawing a picture of the curtains. I fucking loved it. And in the fact that her and her gran adored Columbo, and that was another of my childhood favorites. Like, this was right in my sweet house yeah. of, I just, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, a lot, the, Subtle drops where she was just like, he makes me very mad. And like, exactly what you said. Yes. It's like, 
Yes. Is this all going to be one of those weird, like, I'm telling you the truth, but not the whole truth? Yes, which exactly. It kind of ended up being, but also that she did it. I thought. Well, it's funny because, like, you're. There are po- points, and I point out, like, I have definitely flagged a few things that I was like, I am saying right now that I think Molly might be the killer. And these are my, like, I'm going to go through and, and say, these are why I think that might be. Like, what kind of, like, things ha- have happened during it? And, like, you know, you go through the book and you find out that Molly did help her her grandmother, um, euthan- like, she helped euthanize her grandmother, you know, because she was dying of cancer. And I had zero expectations that I was going to cry in this book mm-hmm. and I was fucking bawling. Yeah, yeah. I, that part that part definitely got me as well. I just like the, the I, I expected her to be with her grandma. I didn't expect her to be involved in it. Yes. And and I thought yeah. Well, and like to know like so I mean we're obviously jumping way to the end of the book here, but to know that you know her it was her grandmother's wish and she mm-hmm. wanted to help her grandmother the way that the only way that she could basically and what's crazy what's the the crazy twisty part is that you find out that she did it the same way that mr black died you know so it was it was kind of kind of twisty and so in a way in a way i felt vindicated and right that hey molly did kind of do it you know what i mean so i kind of liked that part a lot uh what was i gonna say i guess i I do want to very quickly point out before anything else the about the author just cracked me up because it says Nita Prose is a longtime editor serving many best selling authors and their books. She lives in Toronto, Canada, in a house that is only moderately clean. <laughs> I thought that was really yeah. cute, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna flag that because you know it's funny because Molly is clearly not moderately clean. No. She is a clean freak. Yes. <laughs> and the I, so there, there, her and her grandma have this whole cleaning schedule. Yes. And the first time I read it, I was like, oh, I should probably follow that. And then at the back of the book, it's all listed out. I was like. That's a lot of effort. It is listed out. That's a lot of effort. In mine, it is. Molly's cleaning chart. Oh, my God. I like yeah. your book better. What the fuck? Mine isn't like that. Yeah, I have, like, a book club guide and all the extras that happen when you... Well, this was... Yours probably wasn't the Good Morning America book club book at the time that it... Yeah, because you have the hardcover. Yes. I, yeah, I, I... Well, I got mine from Pango yeah. Books. Did you get yours the same or... I think I got Amazon. I think I just went Amazon. Okay. Okay. Well, I got it from Pango, so I assume it was somebody who probably just picked it up immediately yeah. and whatever. Um, I think this might be one of the most expensive books I bought off of Pango when it was like $8. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, whatever. Which, if you look at the back... Where don't they have the don't they have the prices yeah, usually right like the US the... prices? Right. Oh, US yeah. twenty seven dollars. Yeah. If like you buy it so new, like, usually like right there too. Yeah, mine's not. Oh, mine's not. I, that's where I that's where I looked immediately, oh. but it's not there. Right. So it's just on the top there. It doesn't say the Canada price. What the fuck? She's from Toronto too. Maybe she's got yeah. a whole different. Maybe it's a whole Maybe. different cover. Anyway, um, I don't know. Should we just jump into what we like what we flagged or what yeah. was Tony's first question? Um, let's see. You still have it. Oh. Well, he, his question is his first question, and we've already answered this. Uh, why do you think that Molly is the way she is? How long before you picked up picked it up? Um, I I will say that there were a few things. Um, you know, there. I mean, there's clearly a lot of a lot of uh, indications that she is um, has Asperger's or is on the autism spectrum, and yeah. it's just basically it's, her, her entire mannerism. Yes, you know, like not not understanding. Um, she takes everything very literally. Yep. There is no room for, you know, um, 
it's mostly black and white to her. There's really no room for a yep. lot of gray. There's no interpretation yes. needed. It's what you, the, your face value of what you say is exactly how she's going to interpret it. Right, exactly. Um, did you watch Big Bang Theory at all? Mm-mm. So Sheldon is very literal like that. Um, and then there's a book, The Rosie Project. I just gave it to Jess. Um, it's exactly like Sheldon, but in book form and a different story. But it very, very literal. Everything is exactly the way it yeah. is. And I'm going to weigh it out this way. And I don't understand why if I can do this, why somebody else can't do this because we right. both have the same abilities. Like, right. why is Cheryl not able to stock the trolleys? And why doesn't she? And all of that. Cheryl, her, her boss. Um, but I did... Yeah, obviously. I think I think we all kind of I think you pick on up really quick. I think you pick up on it pretty quickly. Like, you know, she's very meticulous. That's another that's another thing. Yep. Very um folk like almost like one focus, like focused on one thing specifically and her, for her it's cleanliness and yep. and truthfulness, really. It's like, you know, a lot of a lot of that. Like kind of just being like a a a loyal person i guess is what i would say so yeah i I picked up on it rather quickly which probably within the first couple of pages is my guess um let's see i want to see like why didn't i mark why i freaking oh i think okay so so it's probably this it's probably this paragraph right here i don't even remember who she's talking about so she's she's talking to mr preston who i believe is oh yeah mr preston is the um the doorman right Mm -hmm. and um he is a widower uh, and she says t- about him, she's talking about him and, and giving us her, her impression of him, which will come in, in important later on in the book because he becomes a big important part of her life. Um, he is an honorable man, a good man, not a cheater. Have I mentioned how much I detest cheaters? Cheaters deserve to be thrown in quicksand and to suffocate in filth. Mr. Preston is not a, that kind of man. He's the kind you'd want as a father, though I'm hardly an expert on that subject, given that I've never had a father in my life. Mine disappeared at the same time my mother did when I was just a wee biscuit, as my grandma as my grand used to say, which I have come to understand is sometime sometime between the age of six months to a year, at which point grand took me o- took over my care and we became a unit. Grand and me, me and grand until death did us part. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. So that line about about cheaters deserve to be thrown in quicksand and to suffocate in filth. That's one of those hints of she's got anger in there. I think that's exactly why that's got anger. Exactly. And, and she knows because going back in it, she knows that Mr. Black is that kind of person. She has had several conversations. He's a bad egg. Yes. He's an abuser. She knows that about him. So that's one of those things where you're like, she could possibly have this in her. Because she feels that they deserve it. Mm-hmm. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. So so that whole section about cheaters, it, it's foreshadowing of the story as to why she is very against cheaters and liars. Um, she actually had a, a very strong relationship with a man who essentially stole the entire Fabergé egg, a.k.a. nest egg, that her and Gran had built together. Yeah. And took it all i wanted to murder that guy like i wanted that that is the one thing i wanted this to be tied up i did want it to be tied up i wanted her to tell to be able to tell either the detective or charlotte charlotte and have something come about and being like wait what yeah but i think that i i mean i don't know statute limitations as long as how far ago it happened and you know like yeah tape recordings or video recordings of faces and stuff like that who knows if that's even possible, possible to continue. That yeah point. yeah and she's still not ready to accept the fact that she trusted somebody that she shouldn't have but. right right exactly which which sucks because again she is a person that 
can't really read certain social cues and she can't tell, you know, if somebody's mm-hmm. not being genuine to her, which, you know, we can just jump into that a little bit. You know, she she's in love with this guy named Ronnie Rodney in the book, or he works at the bar. And we can tell he's very smarmy and there's something about him that's not right. But she just sees this guy who she really cares oh, for. And she thinks likes that, and he's yes. dreamy and he hugged me one time because yes. we had dinner and he's like not even remotely on that same page. No, because basically he was just using her mm-hmm. to get ahead in his fucking drug trafficking business. Yep. So, um, spoiler alert. Anyway. <laughs> he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I flagged on page 27 I read a lot. I have a fairly extensive vocabulary, and I can usually deduce what words mean, but every now and then I come across a word and I'm like, I think it means this, but I actually have to look one up. So page 27. The lobby was moderately busy, with new guests arriving and some checking out. At a glance, it appeared clean and orderly. No touch-ups required. Sometimes, however, guests will leave a newspaper in a state of disarray on a side table or discard a coffee cup on the clean marble floor, where it spills its last drops and leaves an ominous blot. Whenever I notice such infelicities... I address them immediately. Strictly speaking, cleaning the lobby is not my job, but as Mr. Snow has said, good employees think outside of the box. And I was like, infelicities. <laughs> is that like indiscretions? Yeah, but... that's what it sounds like. Yeah, so I looked it up because I wanted to make sure. A thing that is inappropriate, especially a remark or expression. So felt like I learned something. Yeah, absolutely. Along with this cleaning schedule that I can never follow. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to, you're going to have to read me the cleaning schedule later because there's no way in hell. I, I remember a long time ago reading that, like, you know, how often you're supposed to do certain things. And I'm like, no fucking way. Uh-uh. Like, I'm never doing that. Uh-uh. Like, most, there are people who vacuum every day. Yeah. Hell fucking no. no. I vacuum twice a week and that's because of my animals. Like, yeah. I have a dog and two cats and wood fo- floors and it's a fucking mess. If I just had these floors, I would vacuum once a week. Like, yeah. just carpets, I would vacuum once a week. But because of the hardwood, I do it twice. Um, cleaning up your bathroom, I clean my bathroom once a week. Some people will wipe down their counters and toilets once a day. Fuck that! Like, no, no. way! Absolutely no. not! No. I'm sorry! No. Who's got fucking time for that? Not me. Dusting? Once a year. Swear to God. <laughs> I dust when we have a party. So COVID was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. <laughs> for me, it was like, um, I dust. I make a joke every year that I dust the for day Thanksgiving. before Thanksgiving. Because yep. my mom, my mom will fucking yep. always yep. notice. I will. So I will not actively dust unless something happens. Like we're having a party. Unless I like move something and I'm like, oh, look at that footprint. Mm-hmm. Let me just wipe that little spot right there. And it's not like I then clean the whole shelf. I basically yeah. just clean whatever I moved so that I'm putting that part down back clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking dust is weird, though. It's so gross if you think about it. I know. It really is. But it's, it's everywhere. fucking everywhere. It's everywhere. It's yeah. literally just floating around us yeah. right now. Yeah. Whatever. I just want to, like, throw this out there, too, because this is part of this is part of the dust conversation. I bought myself a neti pot for today for the first time. Do you know what a neti pot is? I do, and I'm terrified of them. I'm really scared. But I know that I need it. I'm like for allergies? so allergies and like constant post nasal drip. And I always have like dry skin right here in my nose that I'm constantly like fucking picking, with. Yeah. And it never gets better because I'm constantly picking at it. And I'm just like, maybe the neti pot will kind of help soften things up and whatever. Have and you I, used it yet? I haven't because I bought it on Amazon today. Okay. So I should have it tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm terrified, but I'm going to do it. I got it. I'm going to do it. So I like stuff in my nose. I just, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Which is probably why I've never tried Coke. <laughs> nope. Nope. 
I can't do like not because drugs are bad, but just because you don't want stuff in. Your I mean, bed. I'm talking like back in times when I was doing all sorts of not normal life things, <laughs> as opposed to drinking in your closet. <laughs> Anyways, this no, I like better. I can't, I can't like yeah. nose sprays, yeah. nose anything. Like if I get a tickle in my nose, I'm like, <laughs> I, like I can't, I can't. That noise was the best. Yeah, I fucking love so. it. Anyways, um, I want to also. There was one, I I think that I, I put this one down just because I thought this was fucking hilarious. So she talks a lot about her supervisor, Cheryl Green, who is a fucking bitch. Um, we Cut hated her. Hole. We hated her mm-hmm. because, you know, she would constantly go around and steal um, people all the other maids' tips. Mm-hmm. And, um, and do nothing. And pawn off her so work. So if she got a shitty tip, she'd go... Um, Okay, so here it is. She says, what are you doing? I asked the day I caught her. Hang on, what was she doing? Okay, sure, I'm going to start over here. Cheryl may be my boss, but she's definitely not my superior. There is a difference, you know. You can't judge a person by the job they do or by their station in life. You must judge a person by their actions. Cheryl is slovenly and lazy. She cheats and cuts corners. She drags her feet when she walks. I've actually seen her clean a guest sink, sink with the same <laughs> cloth she used to clean their toilet. Can you believe such a thing? What are you doing? I asked the day I caught her in flagrant. Um, that's not sanitary. Shoulder shrug. These guests barely tip. This will teach them. Which is illogical. How are guests to know that the head <laughs> that the head maid just spread microscopic fecal matter around their sink? And how are they to know that this means they need to tip better? It's fucking hilarious. Yes, like yes. out like burst out loud laughing. Yep. That shit is funny. Anyway, I felt like this author, I hope that she writes more books and, and this is not just the only book she does because it it's was so funny. enjoyable. It's very, very funny. Um, then my next thing is just like, this is another, um, um, guess on like, you know, me thinking Molly was the thing she, like how often she watches Columbo. Like she watches Columbo every night with her grandmother, like several, you know, episodes, it seems like. Just like, okay, that's interesting. So she would know how to, how to hide a body. So she would know. She's learning it all uh and she's catching on to Mm -hmm. who the killer is. Exactly. She knows how to do it, but she didn't catch on to who the killer was in this instance. No, she didn't. She was very... Mm -hmm. Hmm. But she was blind she to it. She kind of did. She also fainted. Yes, yes. But she was very blind to people that she thought that she could trust. Yes. Like Rodney. Yep. Um, and um, I'm going to use that sentence to segue into one of Tony's other questions. Okay. She could not see people's true colors. Mm-hmm. And he said, thoughts on the use of color to give personality, i.e. green for greed or jealousy, white for innocence or simplicity, black for strong-willed or power-seeking, gray, neutral or dull. Those were a lot of last names. Yes. I did not pick up on that one stitch. Neither did I. When he wrote it, I was like, what is he talking about? And then, like, like, Uh I'm literally just getting it now. I'm so stupid sometimes. I didn't catch it at all. And even, like, the first time I read it, I was like, yeah... She did mention some colors. I didn't even think about the fact that it's people's last names. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. So I also take nothing, (laughs) take everything at face value. Whose last name is Green? Remind me. Um, Is somebody's last name Green in this? I think so. I didn't say it's... Isn't it Cheryl Green? Did I say Cheryl Green? You might be right. And the the black is obviously Mr. Black. Yeah. Um, Oh, what's this? Well, there's Mr. Snow. And that's white. Yeah. Snow is white. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Preston, he's not, that's not a color. His first name was yellow. Kidding. 
<laughs> Why you, you fucking know how gullible I am? Like what? The, you should have uh, seen the. I'm sure the look on my face was fucking ridiculous right there. Gray. Was like, what? Who was Gray? Oh, gray. oh, Molly Gray. Molly Gray. Yeah, Duh. Gray. Like, but see, that doesn't see. That's where it doesn't make sense to me because she doesn't really see shades of gray. You know what I mean? It's everything for her is kind of black and white. It's logical or it's illogical. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. That one doesn't. But see. she does end up as a character in the middle. True. She absolutely does. Yes. Yes. And we find out that her actions with her gran were a little on the, what some people would call morally gray. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that, that also makes sense to me. I like that. Mm -hmm. Good observation, Tony. This is why you're the author and not us because. This is why we, we should have had you talking to us. (laughs) We're we're talking to you in spirit. Giselle Black, too. Yes. Which, yeah. that is a one of the more murkier ones because she was not as, well, she wasn't, she was cheating, but whatever. She was, she was using Molly as well. And that, yeah, that kind of pissed me off because I was like, oh, I thought this woman really cared about Molly. And you could tell that she, she did think Molly was her friend and she was friendly and kind to Molly, but she also used her. I mean, she asked her to go get this gun that she didn't even need. It's that, not like it no. was the murder weapon. It's well, and not that's what like, upsets me is just like, okay, did she ask her to go get this gun so then she would bring it to Rodney and, and like, and or then whatever? Rodney was going to kill somebody else with it or? No, it was just to frame her for just, the murder. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um. So my next note is on page 146. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is talking with the detective. Um, and this. I probably should have mentioned this note at the beginning when we were talking about Molly. Um, So she's talking with a detective. I think this is her first interview. Then let me tell you something, Detective Stark replies as her elbows reclaim the table, which I thought was hilarious how many times she talked about people's elbows on the table and how it was inappropriate. Yes. Uh, You're rapidly becoming a person of interest to us. Do you understand what that means? I'm detecting an air of condescension. I've encountered this before. People who assume that I'm a complete idiot just because I don't grasp things that come easily to them. And she does mention that a few times in the same topic of if they're laughing at her or with her. Yes. Um, so she is very self-aware of herself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that... A little redundant, yep. but... <laughs> selfie, self, self, self. Uh, that she... she that is something that her grand instilled in her is don't you are different but not in a bad way mm-hmm. and 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 just realize Embrace that you're it, not learning the same things the same way as people you don't see the world as other people do and um you're going to have to fight that fight yeah and like i, I don't know if you can make other people understand that you can't but like they don't matter you know what yep. i mean um i just want to point out a couple more a couple more clues that I kept, I kept, I really was going on this. I think Molly may have, may have done it. So I said the Columbo thing. And then like li- literally a page later, um, there's this spot that kind of made, it made the hairs kind of prickle on the back of my neck a little bit because I was like, okay, this would be really fucking twisty if they did this. Okay. On page 57, it says, Now I'm right in front of Gran's bedroom door. It's closed. I pause. I won't go in there. I haven't crossed that threshold in months, and it won't be today. Now, now we know that... Did you think her grandma was still in there? Yes, I did. So the fuck did I. Yes! 
<laughs> I was like, her grandmother, she's mummified in that fucking She's room. in there. Uh-huh. Without question. I was like, she, and this is where I was like, is Molly a fucking secret, like, serial killer who killed her grandmother mm-hmm. and, like, couldn't go to anybody, so she just left her in this room mm-hmm. and just behind this closed door. Shut the door. We I'm going to keep up. I'm going to keep everything else in the apartment really clean. Except that room. There. I cannot go in that room. So I a thousand percent. Yep. Was like that. But now we know it's because of what happened in that room. Mm-hmm. Yes, technically, she helped end her grandmother's yes. life. Um, so that's why she can't go in there. It's not because she outright murdered the woman and left her body in there. <laughs> Sitting in the <laughs> rocking chair. How many more mysteries have I read? Because I have am sick. Okay. Um, so then on page 63, there's another little kind of thing. And they're, they're talking about um, uh, Columbo. And this isn't her that says it. It's fucking Wilbur, the douche who stole all their money or whatever. Um, and it said, what kind of murder, murder mystery re- reveals the killer from the beginning, he'd ask. Or, can't you see the butler did it? So I underlined that. I'm like, hmm, okay, another little mini kind like of clue. Like the maid. Like the maid. The butler is like the maid. Um, let me just see if there's... So then, page 108, um, she's talking to Giselle. And Giselle says, the police think I killed my own husband, she says. And Molly says... For what it's worth, I know you didn't. So then uh, for me, it's yeah. just like, okay, this is getting like... Building Molly, the case against How yep. do you know yep. unless you know because you were the killer? Um, I think that was probably one of my last ones that I actually like wrote down because then it kind of became clear to me, okay, I don't she's think... Not, yeah, yeah, she's she's not... She's not going to be able to pull this off. And, and you know, the... She is not the kind of, she fainted when she gets arrested. Like, I just, I feel like when she, if she's that literal and logical of a, of a person, she's not going to be able to hide the fact that she killed someone. So right around the same page, probably right around the same as, what page are you on right now? The, uh, that, the last thing I think was page 108. Okay. So yeah. on page 146, 147, um, I wrote down a note and it said, interesting that for someone so literal with grand phrases drilled into her head, because there's so many phrases of, I, I can't even fucking think of any of them or whatever, but the grand phrases that are dr- yes. trickled throughout the whole yes. book. So with all of those drilled into her head that she would lie and be able to know when she should lie. Mm-hmm. So this, the same conversation with detective black, uh, you're becoming a VIP, Molly, Detective Stark adds, and not the good kind. You've proven that you're capable of leaving out important details of bending the truth to suit you. I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you in contact with Giselle Black? I deliberate. Deliberate? Deliberate? <laughs> oh, boy. Vodka. <laughs> deliberate. Once more and find I'm able to answer this with 100% honesty. I am not currently in contact with Giselle, though as I understand it, she remains a guest at the hotel. In my mind, I read that and I was like... She's not talking to her right now, so that she can easily say that. Right. And then that's kind of, that was kind of it on that point. But then within like a page or two, and I don't know. Yes, it is. Page 149. So this was talking about when she was in school and she ran away because kids were being an asshole to her in the schoolyard and rolling yeah. in mud and kicking and eating it. She left school. She just ran away. She gets home. And her grandma, she didn't want her grandma to know. I was so certain I'd get away with it that Graham would never find out. But she did find out. And she had only one question for me after I confessed to being bullied. 
Dear girl, why didn't you just tell the truth right away? To your teacher, to me, to anyone? Then she cried and embraced me with such force that I was never able to answer her question. But I had an answer. I did. I didn't tell the truth because the truth hurt. What happened in school was bad enough, but Grand knowing about my suffering meant she experienced my pain too. That's the trouble with pain. It's as contagious as a disease. It spreads from the person who first endured it to those who love them most. Truth isn't always the highest ideal. Sometimes it must be sacrificed to stop the spread of pain to those you love. Even children know this instinct intuitively. Mm. And I just, it was like, I wrote down the fact that she should be able to lie. And then like the next page, it was like, so she knows that someone's not suffering for her. And yeah. I, it was very, very perfectly placed yes. together. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it did all of a sudden flag to me. Like she is black and white. So the lying kind of was, was, it seemed unnatural to me for her, but the yes. fact that she had this logical reason behind it, behind doing that it. made it yes. okay. okay for her. And yes. it is black and white still because yeah. she has this leg to stand on with yeah. it. Yeah. Like hearing that passage and reading that passage, like, you know, as a parent and whatever, it's very hard because you're like, you, you're, you're of two minds as a parent. You, A, want your kid to be able to handle things on their own and, you know, and grow up and be able to, if they can't learn how to deal with it now, they won't be able to deal with it as um, right. You, you know, need that, they need to be problem solvers on their own. Exactly. But at the same time, you're like, I want to fuck somebody up for me, for you. Mama bear's coming. Yes. If you fuck with my kid, you're gonna be fucking with me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're not gonna like that. So it's very, it's very hard to. It's a very, very, very hard line to to walk, and you have to be able to pick and choose which things you jump into as a parent. You know what I mean? Like so far, luckily, knock on wood, I have not ever really had to jump in on anything. You know, it's mostly just having conversations with my own kid. Like, you know, I hope you don't ever treat somebody like that or, you know, whatever. Um, God, like we talk about a lot, how like hard parenting parenting is is Mm -hmm. to raise good and responsible like citizens of the fucking world you know it's ridiculous so i don't know it's it just keeps getting harder mm-hmm. yeah it's never it's never getting easier um i did want to point out one more grand in the be- bedroom situation so um on page 217 i don't know if our pages correlate or wh- whatever but i doubt it i know i think they have been oh okay so on page 217 um she's talking about was his name Juan? Which really has nothing to do with what you're going to say after that. Yes. Does, it start, does your page start with catching the fox? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, this is when, you know, we we have, we'll go back a little bit, but we have discovered who the who the killers are. They're making a plan on how to catch them. Juan Manuel comes to her house and um, she says, Juan Manuel, Juan, Juan Manuel, why can't I fucking say that? Juan oh, Manuel can. can stay at her house and she says, you can have my room and I'll stay in Grant's room. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I was wrong. Is Grant still in there? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was really happy that she wasn't because that yeah. would have been real screwed yeah. up. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it was another, just a double take moment <laughs> for me. So. <laughs> so now that you brought up Juan Manuel. Yes. He is the cook in the yes, in the, in the hotel and he is also being used, manipulated, manipulated and used yep. by Rodney and Mr. Black. So he's an un, un, undocumented 
immigrant at the moment, right? He's an undocumented. So he had working papers. They expired. And Rodney said he had an immigration lawyer that was going to help him extend his working papers. Ended up taking a bunch of money and the working papers never showed up. So at that point in time, now Juan Manuel is very vulnerable with his status and rodney gets him to start cutting drugs for him overnight in the hotel in the hotel um staying in a room that is empty and that's where the whole plot of molly comes in he manipulates molly into giving him a room a room key because Because she needs to be able to help one man well because he doesn't have a place to stay and so she thinks she's helping him She, she, she thinks he's help she's helping both of them um but not so she is actually cleaning up after coke cutting parties yes. and I, I just i wanted i wanted her to realize it at some point like yeah yeah why is she why is he so dirty in the same way every time yeah. like but we didn't really expect her to because she has this whole backstory about absolutely avoiding drugs at all costs yeah, she has no idea she has no idea um but Juan Manuel is just as innocent as Molly as far as the character Correct. behind him. And they start to develop a relationship. They do, and I loved it. I, it was, I, yes. I was so absolutely, happy. I was absolutely. like, oh, they're going to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> this was not an instance of, oh, I hope they fuck. Because that's going to build a while. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's Molly. It's going to be a slow build, slow, a slow build. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if her and Wilbur ever had sex. I don't get the feeling. I don't know. Uh-uh. It wasn't really clear. She was just so happy to be hugged. I didn't. I know. I know. It was sweet. It was very sweet. I loved. I loved the whole dynamic of Mr. Preston and his daughter, who was a lawyer. So, Mr. Preston has always said, kept his eye on her. He was friends with Gran, um, and ever since she died, he has been kind of you know like keeping track of her trying to keep her out of, you know, situations. And whenever he sees her with Rodney, he knows that Rodney is a bad person, a bad egg, as she would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but Molly's kind of blind to it because she wants to see the best in people. And she's attracted to Rodney and she thinks, okay, this guy is showing interest in me. So that's kind of cool, you know? So um, um, I really love the dynamic of... When she gets in trouble, she remembers that Mr. Preston says, always call me, you know, if you have a problem. And she calls him when she gets arrested for the murder of Mr. Black. And which happens to be right after she had been feeling extremely uneasy in her apartment after Giselle asked her to get the gun. Yes. And she phoned a friend and it was Rodney. And it was Rodney. And then he was just like, oh, shit, thanks for dropping that Beautiful yeah. present right in my lap so I can set you it. up. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. Yeah. And then she gets yeah. arrested for, for the murder. Um, but then she makes a smart decision. Yeah. So then, you know, Mr. Preston has a daughter who is thank- thankfully a very high-powered and good lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he brings her in. And I love that dynamic. The four of them in in her apartment. Yep. It, it really, like, this is where the heartwarming, like, hopeful heartwarming part comes in. Because it's like... They're in this apartment that has been so empty for her since her grand died nine months ago. And it's like she it was her safe haven when she was there with her grandmother. And it's been so empty. And she it almost it almost seems like she hates going there and doing the things that she always did. She doesn't feel as safe there anymore. But um, now 
she has people in there again and it, there's light and there's laughter and there's good food on the table because Juan Manuel is cooking for them, yep. you know? So it was very, to me, Even that when was he like... heated the leftovers. Yes, it was so like, but it was so sweet to me. Like, this is what she's wanted her entire life and now out of this horrible thing that's happening to her, she's getting that. She's slowly like getting that kind of thing, which I thought was wonderful. I loved that. Absolutely. Yeah. So then Tony did have another question about Mr. Preston. Mr. Preston. Yeah. So he said, how long did it take you to find out who Mr. Preston is? And it took me right up until it was pretty much smacked in my face. I, I had an inkling about it because he was so involved with her Mm -hmm. and we knew nothing about Molly's parentage. And, um, for me, it was very much, okay, he's very interested in her life, very, like, trying to whatever, um, very much like always, oh, she, he was a good friend of Grand's, you know, they knew each other this long, blah, 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 blah. So to me, it was like, a, it was a natural progression for me. But I didn't like that it just wasn't outright said in that, like, yep. does Molly even know? I don't know. Like it doesn't. I don't think so. It doesn't seem to me that Molly even knows. Charlotte knows because she's, you know, she has the work, the brain that can understand and get those subtle nuances nuances. exactly. And Molly can't. So to me, it's just like I think Molly would be really excited and happy to know that she has a grandfather, a living relative, and an aunt. You know, you know. I mean, come on. Like it's just I don't know. It's kind of would that be her aunt? Would Charlotte be her aunt? Grand. If their grandfather's daughter, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So yes. I don't know, half aunt. I mean, they're yeah. they're closer in age. I think, like, yeah. he must have had Charlotte at a much um, older, older age, age yeah. because you know he's clearly Molly's grandparent. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I kind of wish, like, I think Molly would have really loved to know outright outright that these this is not just her friends these are her literal family yes so i i i think that i knew that gran had worked in the hotel and gran had been such a hard worker and mr preston was always a great worker and they got along and i think at one point in the beginning i was like oh i wonder but then i think pretty much once charlotte came in and he was talking about his actual family that he raised Mm -hmm. I it I just shut it off and I think my mind I was always like oh he's just super nice to Molly because he was friends with Gran and she is that naive and innocent yes. personality that does need looking out for does need to be told watch out for Rodney yes. there's snakes yes. in the grass even though that was the other maid which I like that part too yeah um but it right up until pretty much right when it happened and he was talking about the relationship with Gran and I was like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean it does it does kind of in a way come out of nowhere but it is built from like a thing but to hear it kind of said in that specific situation and you're like bitch just come out right and say it yeah i think maybe now is not the time because you're focusing on something else but at some point i really hope very near future yeah they had that conversation and said hey i'm actually your blood like one of the sunday dinners that they're always having together exactly i i'm kind of hoping that that came out but she never mentions it like it's never mentioned that that's her grandfather it's still mr preston to her you know so that kind of i don't know maybe 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 there's part of him that thinks that she wouldn't be able to handle that 
kind of news. Like, you know what I mean? But let's just keep it as, The unetiquette-ness of it kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, maybe, because... Am I wrong in saying that her grand her grand must have cheated on her husband to have? I don't remember. I can't remember either. I I will have to go back and look at that part, but I can't really. Um, whatever. Um, yeah, I think that I don't have anything else flagged just because I stopped. I was re- I, it was another one where I was flying through and I made it. I, the first uh, the first folder I had was page 27 then the next one was page 146 I was like oh I gotta talk about this book <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny um of course I have another freaking damn it damn it damn it I have another one that I don't know why I would have there's noises on the other other side of us I think that's the bath I think the bathroom is right there this is your house I know okay so it, this is this is like going into exactly what we've been talking about how, you know, Molly sees things black and white, but, you know, it's not always like that. Um, so I'm just going to read a little bit here. And the epilogue starts, um, Gran always said that the truth is subjective, which is something I failed to comprehend until my own life experience proved her wisdom. Now I understand. My truth is not the same as yours because we don't experience life in the same way. We are all the same in different ways. This more flexible notion of truth is something I can live with. More than that, it's something that gives me great comfort these days. I am learning to be less literal, less absolute about most things. The world is a better place seen through a prism of colors rather than merely in black and white. In this new world, there is room for versions and variations for shades of gray. The version of truth I told on the stand on my on my day in court is exactly that, a version of my experiences and memories on the day that I found Mr. Black dead in his bed. My truth highlights and prioritizes my lens on the world. It focuses on what I see best and obscures what I fail to understand or what I choose not to examine too closely. I kind of loved how that, that, that kind of just like encompasses all we've learned about Molly up to this point. And this is where she goes into what happened with her gran and how things happened with her, um, how she helped her, uh, you know, euthanize. Like, I guess we would say that she euthanized her gran. Yes, she gave her the pills to pass her, like, her gran, her gran wanted the pills to make her go to sleep and not wake up, basically. But Molly then helped it along by holding a pillow over her face. Um, and, like, but there was a financial aspect of it, too, in that they weren't, well, outside of the fact that Gran's body was shutting down, she wasn't going to make it much longer. She no. was in extreme, extreme pain. And they only had, like, four days worth of pain pills left, and it wasn't going to be enough till the time where they were going to get, be able to financially purchase more pain pills. Mm-hmm. So there was going to be a lag where there was a time period where she, she was in massive pain and had right. no pain pills. And... It was pancreatic cancer, right? I believe so, yeah. And that, from everything I've ever known about it, is, like, the The most vicious and painful. That's what um, Pat's brother died from. Yeah. And it's, by the time you find out about it, it's... It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. It's brutal. Um, I feel like I've heard that almost always when that one is found out it's stage four and it's... You never know about it ahead of time. Yeah. which is like devastating. Like, why are we not? Everybody's talking about colon cancer screenings. Why are we not doing some kind yeah, of? Yeah, I wonder how they're they're screening, screening for that. Yeah. yeah, you know, it should be uptick. I would think. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not a doctor, but the <laughs> no, you are not. <laughs> no. So she does take those last four pain pills, and and my initial understanding of it as we were reading and learning about it was that she was just going to go to sleep, 
And I thought, I was like, I, I really thought, like, is that going to be enough? Like, she is incredibly weak. Is yes. that going to be enough that she's going to go to sleep and actually just pass away? Yeah. And then you find out that the other part of the plan is that, I'm going to cry again. Mm -hmm. That Molly is going to hold the pillow that they talk about the whole fucking time. God grant me the serenity pillow. Yes. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It's, and that's part, you know, that's, I think the whole epilogue, epilogue, (laughs) that whole epilogue. (laughs) Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ, I did it again. It's all right. I deliberated earlier. <laughs> you did deliberate. Um, the whole epilogue is just her, her story about that. And it's it's heartbreaking because I think I think maybe you and I inter- interpreted it slightly different in a way, because when when Molly is saying, you know, is this going to be enough, Gran? We only have four days worth. Um, I think her worry is that, you know, it's not going to be enough to to finish the job for her and she's going to have to do something on top of that Mm -hmm. and like i think it took a lot of resolve for molly to take this person the only person in her life she's ever had ever had on her side with her you know since birth and to and to end that person's life and I don't know, for me, I just, I don't know what I would do in that situation. You know, I think I, I'd like to say that I would, I would in, not do exactly the same thing, because I'm sure it would be a little bit different. But, you know, I have thought about this, you know, if somebody it, say, you know, John someday was just like, I don't want to live like this. This is not how I want to live. Like, we know I'm going to die. Am I just going to sit here and wither away and do it? I want to die on my terms. And, you know, I want to believe that I would have the resolve as Molly did to, to help support. him and to support that, even though I would fucking hate it. You know, yep. um, we're getting real deep here. <laughs> um, I did fold down the last page of the epilogue too, because I just, um, I, before you say, anything, oh, yeah, okay. I do want to say not on that. Cause I've got to keep, char- keep like right on the version. Gran <laughs> is what I called my grandma. And, mm. Anyways, um, the other part of the epilogue, which is probably right about where you're at, is that giant spoiler alert to anybody who is potentially going to read this book. This is where we find out who the real killer actually was. Yeah. Way at the end of the epilogue. So go ahead. Well, okay. <laughs> should I read the whole... What do you, what do you think I should read? Because I... Wait, where, where is that? Well, we know that Mrs. Black did it, right? Is that not who did it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She yeah. did. She did do it. But Rodney is tried and put away for it. Yes. Yes. So we know that Rodney was Rodney's only real crime was running the drug situation mm-hmm. for Mr. Black. And we find that Giselle did murder him. No. What do you mean? The first Mrs. Black. Oh, that's right. The first is the <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. No, I did know that, obviously. Um, and I, I thought, like, that, to me, that was a little weird. I, I didn't really like the whole, um, she's, like, hiding in a corner and, and holding the pillow. And Molly sees her and then passes out. And I, I get it. I do get it. The guy sucked. Like, so she was kind of like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's when, it, that's a little bit like, okay, Molly's growing in a way because they're, she knew that this guy was shitty. So she's like, okay, I'm willing to like, you know, you lie about this. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. That's not where I was going to, I think I was going to read, but I think it's interesting that it's n- not clear to me. I, unless I just don't remember where she says, whether they know or not, but Mr. Preston and Charlotte and Juan Manuel don't know 
that it wasn't Rodney. No, and she's keeping and that. she's keeping it. She's right? keeping that secret. And I kind of love that, like, you know, this guy who did her completely dirty, like, treated her like absolute shit, framed her for murder. She knows for a fact that he didn't commit this murder. And she's just going to tell her. Gonna... She's going to tell her truth how she experienced yeah, it. Exactly. And what she remembers. Yeah. And this was masterful storytelling because of the way that in the beginning of the book, she's going through and she keeps giving us these flashbacks of these this time frame yes. of that day of what happened this day. And she'll tell you a part of it. And then it jumps to like a memory about something else. Yes. And then she's back telling you about it. And then she's actually in current time. And then yeah. eventually she's telling you about the day again. And at no point in time, so she mentions looking in the mirror, but at no point in time does she say anything, obviously, about somebody being in the room yes. with her. Other, Well, she did, though. She dropped the hint about feeling like there was somebody there else was in the room, but she like just assumed that it was yeah. Mr. Black because he was yeah. dead. Um, Can I tell you that when, okay, so this was another thing to me when I was reading that part and she said she saw somebody in the mirror with the, um, with the pillow or whatever, then... I, I jumped back to like, holy shit, did Molly actually do it? Did she see I thought herself the in the mirror? <sighs> so like, so that's what uh-huh. I was just like, this woman is fucking with my head. Yeah. Like, did Molly actually yeah. do it? Because, oh, oh shit, she saw herself in the mirror yeah. and she had murdered him. And that's why she passed out. And then she comes to and the for original Mrs. Black is there. And I was like, damn, what the fuck is yeah. going on? <laughs> so anyway, okay. I want to read this last little part. Um, okay so this is at the end um the end of the epilogue you know she's got her little life now she says i sleep well at night now perhaps better than i ever have before because i lie beside juan manuel my dearest friend in all the world he's a heavy sleeper just like gran was he falls asleep before his head hits the pillow male john is the same exact fucking way we sleep together under gran's lone star quote because some things are better kept the same whereas others other things are better when they change a little. On the walls around us, I've taken down Grand's landscape paintings, replacing them with framed photos of Juan Manuel and me. I listen to his breathing like rolling waves in and out, in, in, out, in, and I count my blessings. There are so many of them, it's daunting. I know my conscience is clean because I make it through fewer and fewer blessings each night before I fall into pleasant dreams. I wake up refreshed and joyful, ready to seize the day. If all of this has taught me anything, it is this. There's a power in me I never knew was there. I always knew there was power in my hands to clean, to wipe away dirt, to scour and disinfect, to set things right. But now I know there's power elsewhere in my, in my mind and in my heart, too. Gran was correct, after all, about all of it, about everything. The longer you live, the more you learn. People are a mystery that can never be solved. Life has a way of sorting itself out. Everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Oh. Um, I don't know. I just loved the way that that, that ended. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really sweet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I don't know, it just made me obviously clearly made me tear up, obviously. But um, I don't know. I enjoyed. I really, I really, very really, much enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to end with uh one final thing, and that is, <laughs> is the cleaning Molly's cleaning chart. <laughs> so let's let's do it and then say how often we do these things. Monday floor and chores. Floor and chores, like, what's chores? Like, laundry or, like, or is laundry on the list? Oh, it's a different day. So, floor, like I said, I vacuum one twice a week. I mop once every other week. Uh, I mop, like, once every three months. <laughs> but I think Chrissy and I had this conversation at a book club at one point in time that, like, if something gets spilled on the floor, I clean that spot yes, and yeah. I, like, spray it down. And yeah. then I look at the paper towel and I'm like, I should probably fucking clean my floors. Yeah. And then I don't. And I wait until something else falls someplace else and I clean that spot. 
Um, also, I hate floors and I hate cleaning floors. And yeah, no, Luke enjoys doing the vacuum and I not doing the vacuum. Really? That was kind of a weird way to say that. <laughs> doing the vacuuming. There you go. That makes more sense. Um, and Eric likes using, we have uh, one of those stick vacuums that's yeah. like cordless. Yeah. Um, he likes to take it all apart and pretend it's all different weapons because He's that's what he sees. Yeah. Um, but he will, if I say you're underneath your table, underneath your seat at the table is filthy, go get the vacuum. He'll do it. Yeah. It just takes a lot for me to actually say that. So anyways, <laughs> as far as chores go, who knows? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Tuesday, deep cleaning to give meaning. Once a year. <laughs> yeah, it's same. It's it's spring, typically. Yeah. It's spring cleaning. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I enjoy spring cleaning. Like being able to open the windows and actually clean out like the tracks and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Um Wednesday, bath and kitchen. Bath I clean, like I said, I clean all three bathrooms once a week. I do them probably week and a half. I start noticing that it's dirty on a week and I'm yeah. like, I should clean it. And then by yeah. like a week and a half, I'm like, all right, time to fucking do it. Yeah. But we're also on well water. So we start to get like the ring. Me too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I'm like, you're going to stain the toilet bowl because it's just mm-hmm. whatever. Freaking yeah. Yeah. Minerals. Kitchen, my kitchen. I am clean. Like my kitchen. Uh, kitchen every day. Every day. I got to clean my kitchen yeah. every day. Stop putting shit there. Let me wipe it down. Why yeah. did you make something? And why yeah. is there smudge on my counter? Yeah. yeah. Why is yep. there crumbs? all over the goddamn yep. counter. Why can't you clean up these crumbs? Knock them onto the floor and somebody else clean it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Thursday, dust we must. We touch that. Yeah, never. Yep. Uh, Friday, wash and dry day. So that's laundry. And I, I do that once a week. Typically. Once a week, yeah. yeah. I try to use... I, I actually, uh, now that I have a telecommuting day, I do laundry on Fridays. Yeah. I, and I do the same amount of laundry in the same capacity that I always have done it, it's just on Friday and yeah. it's in Saturday, which is essentially getting it to the point in time where it's folded and in the laundry basket, and then it sits there for a week. Can I tell you that since I've moved here to the it. new house, I have not let more than a day go by with, like, not folding my clothes. And, to, like, I used to be notorious for just leaving them unfolded and, like, people would have to shit things. Like, I hate folding clothes. Hate it. I don't mind folding them. I hate putting them away. Yeah, so I fold too. them as I take them out of the dryer. Oh, I don't do that. That's I too, fold no. them. No, so fold them out. As you're taking it out, yeah. fold them, and the underwear and socks just goes in the hamper, and then all the folded clothes go on top Yeah. until you run out of whatever clothes that you need, like your underwear that's on the bottom. And then you're like, fine, I gotta fucking put my clothes away, I guess. I also need to just break in here one, one more thing for, about laundry. I remember, I can't remember when this was or what happened, but I remember one time you said to me, you specifically said to me, I can't believe you only do your laundry one day a week. Like, you only do laundry one day a week. Like, you making it sound like you do, like, a load on this night and then a load on another night or whatever. Whereas I just did all my laundry one day. Do you do everybody's laundry? I do do everybody's laundry, yes. I definitely do my laundry. Everybody's laundry stays separate. Okay. So there's no, like, the fucking two boys. Like, I can't... The sock pile would drive me absolutely fucking batshit crazy if they were all together. Um... Adam and Eric, pretty much once a week, their laundry gets full, but it's not always at the same time. Yeah. So whenever one gets full, then it makes it there. Gotcha. Um, and Luke essentially does his own laundry. And the only part of Luke's laundry that I do is when it's in the fucking dryer and I need it, need the dryer. So you fold so it. So I'll fold yeah. it and put it in his laundry basket where it fucking sits. Yeah. Um, but like I, Fridays, I'll do sheets and towels and all those other 
laundry things. Yeah. Sunday used to be laundry day for me, but now it's, it's, it's more like Saturday or, or whichever day of the weekend I have available to do yeah. it, you know, but whatever. Saturday, wild card. What's that mean? I wonder. Uh, so she lives in an apartment, so it wouldn't be this for her, but I like doing outside chores too. Mm, so like mm-hmm. raking, picking up sticks, yeah, all no. of that kind of stuff. That's what I do on Saturdays. I love it when the weather gets nice, shoveling, yeah. moving stuff. I don't know. Pass. Sunday, <laughs> shop and job. Yeah, this is this is another thing. I don't do the shopping in the house. <laughs> John is way better at the shopping because if I go it's going to be a lot of junk food and John <laughs> tends to scale back on that. Me, it would be like cookie aisle and like cakes and like whatever. And like, no, 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 we don't need that stuff. John goes and it's kind of, and he actually like, I don't know if this is still the case, but he doesn't mind going. He likes the grocery yeah. store. It's like, does he know. go on Sundays? He, no, I mean, yes, but it's different every every week, typically. He'll, like, it's, John is a very busy man, so it's mostly, like, when he has availability. So it could easily be on a Tuesday night. He's like, I got nothing going on tonight, so I'm just going to go to the grocery store and get that done. Today. I would love to be able to do Sunday and meal prep for the week and all of that, but I fucking despise the grocery store most of the time. Sunday and is bad. extra on yeah, Sunday. Sunday is bad. Sunday is very bad. And then, no. so this past week, I made it made the mistake of going on Monday, and it was completely decimated, and there was no food anywhere because <laughs> I know that so everybody goes on Sunday, yeah. and Tuesday is the good day to go because it's been restocked. But oh my god, that's so funny. We are out of something that desperately needed, so I don't know. Um. So on that note, that now that we it, have right? talked about how filthy I am and how less filthy you are, oh my god. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Time for the epilogue. Time for the epilogue. I'm just trying to right now. I'm just trying to. You find said it right that time. Next, I did not say <laughs> epilogue. I like that. I like that. The epilogue. Um. All right. So our it's next book is the hundred years. Hundred years Lenny. of Lenny and who the fuck it? Who Maddie? Else? Is it Maddie? Why can't I find the freaking list? Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Oh, IMDb is not going to tell me what is on my to-be-read book. The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot by Marianne Cronin. So that is our next book. Um, heard good things about it. I'm excited about mm-hmm. reading it. This is one that I got from the book swap. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. cool. I love mm-hmm. when we do that. And not what I had on my list at all. I love that. Okay. Because I, I did, I read about it and I was like, okay, this actually sounds really, really good. I'm excited to read it. So I can't wait. Um, Kate Tozy that used to work with me and does not anymore. She said that it's one of her favorite books. Oh, cool. When you had posted the picture of what we were reading. Next. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got to update our picture because I added a few. We're yeah. up to like, we're listed at like episode 36 or something. Speaking so. of which, we got a new book from producer Chris. We sure did. We're going to have to add that on in some place too, but let's, we're going to have to plan that one out because it's fucking long. It's a big one and it's not going to be, I, I think it's going to be one That's of those That's what ones. she said. <laughs> Um, I think it's going to be one of those ones we're going to have to maybe, like, read piecemeal almost. Like, keep reading so it as we're... It. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I just, I don't just know. Big. Well, and he, and he caveated it with me, too. He was just like, if it's not something you guys can get through, I so understand. So, the fact blah, blah, that blah. he gave us an out, I'm not sure if I love that or hate that. I because know. I might very well take advantage of that and be yeah. like, man. Well, really enjoy the book you never know i don't know that's quite true it seems it's what one of the blurbs on it said i can't remember either but um one of the blurbs on it said something like happiness does that make sense 
No, that's not it. Okay. I don't think that's it. Ding in here. Ding in here and tell us what the name of the book is, Sim. Ding. Producer Chris here. The book in question is The Ministry for the Future by Kim Stanley Robinson. Um, what... It says something like uh, uh, Obama's favorite book. Yeah, it's, it is on one of Obama's one favorite look best. Yes, look best. You know, I get what up. happens I when you shit for up. three days I can't and drink some vodka. I'm done talking. Uh, <laughs> follow us, guys. Follow us on our social medias. I can't. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next time when we make your Tubi Red pile one book shorter. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> to Be Red is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willie. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turo. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Maffa.